This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. Good morning, everybody. You guys remember me? It's been a little bit. Been a little while. I'm, I'm excited to be back with you guys. And um, I will say this. I was thinking about this week. I've missed you guys. But if I were you, I would not have been missing me. Because Ryan and Joel have done a fantastic job, haven't they? Y'all give it up for them. Come on. They did such such an awesome job. And for me personally, I really enjoyed listening to them and sitting and um, just taking it all in. And so I'm so thankful to have people like them to fill in. I'm grateful for a church family that will let me have a little bit of time every year to just kind of work and prep for the upcoming year, kind of pray, get my heart kind of refreshed, and uh, I, I and really just kind of plan out this next year. And I am, I got to be honest with you, I'm so excited about where we're headed this next year. As I've been kind of working and, and planning on the series that we're going to walk through, the things we're going to go through, I like I, I was thinking about this uh, Thursday or Friday, and I legitimately, I, I'm, I don't think I've ever been more excited excited uh, to head into a season of preaching. Like I think it's going to be awesome. You may not feel that way. But I think it's going to be awesome, okay? And so we're going to, right now we're starting, this week we're starting Dialogue, a series on prayer. We have 10 for 1 coming up, uh, which is going to be, as a, if you guys know or are unfamiliar, it's a, it's a Sunday where we celebrate the school that we get to meet in and we kind of raise some money, um, not out of your pockets, but out of our budget to kind of bless the school and do some really cool things for the school. We've got a series on worship planned uh, for uh, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. Uh, November, which I think is going to be awesome. Uh, we've got a walk through the book of Mark planned. I'm pumped about. And then one that I really need to keep telling you about and reminding you about is we have a series coming up that I'm going to need your help with. Okay. And so if you got your worship guide this morning and if you look in there, you have a communication card in there. And what I need you to do for me today, um, besides, uh, if you, if we, I encourage you to use that for prayer requests, things like that, fill out your information. Maybe you need to grab another one. Um, I need you to answer three questions on there for me today. Number one, I need you to put something on there that maybe you'd like to hear talked about in church. Number two, I need you to write maybe a question uh, that you've always been curious about. You know, probably a good idea if it has to do with God and Jesus, right? I can't answer many other questions than that. And then uh, number three, put on there your favorite series that we've done to date. I just want to get a little bit of information from you. I'm going to put it together and then I'm going to surprise you with something that I think is going to be uh, pretty cool. I think it's going to be awesome. So today as we start our series called Dialogue uh, on Prayer, some of you may be thinking, well, why are we starting off? Here we have August. Why are we going to do a prayer series right now? And the truth is, the reason why we're doing a prayer series is because summer's over. We're back to school. Vacation is over. Back to work. It's time to pray. It's time to pray, right? But no, really, the reason why we like to do this is because in new seasons, we do this in January, August, we like to take some time and focus on some spiritual disciplines because as we walk into a new season, there's a way to refresh our souls and to prepare our hearts. And prayer is one of those things that, you know, you hear I'm going to preach about it like, all right, we'll see. All right, we'll see, all right? Um, it's not as good as the money series I know you guys are really looking forward to, waiting on. Keep getting requests for that one. Um, just kidding. I've never gotten a request for that. Um, but, but I know that as we think about prayer, we look at prayer, we think, man, that is, 
that is something, yeah, I hear about prayer. I've always been told I should pray. I know it's something I should do. And But what happens is oftentimes our prayer lives, if, we, if we're honest, um, if you're like me sometimes, uh, isn't more than like when somebody cuts you off in traffic and you're like, Jesus, that was a prayer. That was a prayer. That was a prayer. It was not a prayer. That does not count as a prayer, right? It's kind of those emergency type prayers, right? And so what happens is we get in this cycle because we go, I know I should pray. I feel like I should pray, but I just forget to. And I don't wake up early. And then I try to do it at night, but then I fall asleep. And then it's like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I knew a guy who was a youth pastor one time. And every time a senior pastor would call him at like 6 in the morning, he'd be waking up. And he'd be like, what are you doing? He'd be like, I'm praying, man, I'm praying. And he was not praying, Right? But that's kind of what happens. And then we, so we get in this little cycle because we go, I know I should. I feel bad because I don't pray. And then, and so because we feel bad because we're not praying, then we don't try to pray because then I know if I try, then I'm going to fail. And then it's going to be like this thing. And I'm going to feel guilty because I failed. So I'm not going to try. And then you feel guilty because you didn't try. And then it's just anybody else besides me, right? Not me because I'm the preacher, but you know, you normal people, normal Christians, right? And what's funny is oddly enough, I was really, really looking forward to this season, uh, these last few weeks that I had off because I was like, I am going to focus on my prayer life. I'm going to get my heart in great condition, get my soul in great shape because preaching every week kind of can get spiritually tiring sometimes. So I'm like, I'm going to get refreshed and feel great. And then as you guys maybe know, I hurt my back. And so what happened is um, because I messed up my back, like I'm not sleeping, like for a while I was getting like four hours of sleep at night. I'm just like waking up, I'm feeling awful, I'm miserable. And like for me, like the time that I spend with Jesus is the morning. And so my morning, my mornings felt awful and miserable. And I was just like, now I'm like, I'm trying to head into a prayer series and I can't even pray because I'm so mad about my back. I'm in pain. And the only prayer is like, Jesus, do something about this, please. And it's kind of ironic, don't you think? And so it's really just been the last week or so that I've been able to even get there myself. It's just, it's weird, right? And so I say all that to, so that to say I get, sometimes it can be difficult. Sometimes it's tough to walk into it. But as we look at the month of August, we're going to take the month of August and we're just going to make it our prayer focus. We had at 10 o'clock this morning, we had a bunch of people in here and we were spending time praying over the church and over you. And it was, we're going to do that every week. Um, and, and we're going to just make this kind of a focused month on prayer. And some of you guys are already in your head going, please, no, I feel the guilt already. No guilt coming. The point really of this whole series is that sometimes I think that we make it more complicated than we should. And prayer is not supposed to be complicated. We're calling this series dialogue because that's what prayer is. It's a dialogue. It's a conversation with God. You know, the all-consuming creator, alpha and omega, right? The one who could crush you with a thought. That God, but still just a conversation. Ultimately, we need to see prayer. My hope is that we see prayer as this incredible gift that it is, right? This gift that we overcomplicate and make it crazier and harder than it is. What prayer is, is this incredible, think, think about how cool this is. It's this incredible opportunity to come into the presence of the Almighty. Experience the Almighty, hear from the Almighty, and talk to the Almighty. And our God, the King of Kings, listens to you. How crazy is that? 
Like I can't talk to anybody. Like when I try to call a customer service hotline, I can't talk to a human being. But the creator and sustainer of the universe will listen to your prayers. Anybody else think that's cool? Like, yeah, I was going to say, I'm preaching like 80% better than you guys are amening right now. (laughs) So here we go. In this series on prayer, I'm going to try to give us some helpful steps, practical steps to grow, focus our prayer life. And my challenge to you is going to be take this month, take this time, make prayer your focus. Like, let it be the thing that just consumes you. Because if you're like me, I can only think about one thing at a time, right? So if it's like, I'm going to try to work out, I'm going to try to get in shape. Literally, the only thing I can think out, I think about, it consumes me, all right? For like a month or whatever, that's all I can think about. All I can think about. If I'm going to eat healthy, it's all I can think about. All I can think about. If I'm going to read a book, it's all I can think about. All I can think about. But what happens is, as I just get consumed by thinking about it, eventually, as I focus on it, focus on it, focus on it, it becomes a habit, and then I can move on to something else. Not that we're going to move away from prayer, but the point is focusing on it, getting it as a habit, as a discipline in our lives, as a focus in our lives. So go with me for the month of August. Let's focus in. Let's work on these principles. Let's work on these things we're going to talk about. And if it doesn't work, you don't ever have to pray again. That's not true. You need need to pray. But (laughs) let's give it all we got. Let's give it all we got. So take these things for the next, what's today? The fourth, next, what's 31 minus four? Whatever that is, those next days, let's focus on it. Give it all we have. See what Jesus might just do. See how we might just respond. Okay? Okay? You commit that to me? All right. I heard a deal. I like that. So. This week, we're going to be talking about something that's going to seem a lot more complicated than it is. So I'm going to be like, prayer is not complicated, and then I'm about to give you something that seems really complicated, but it's not, okay? We're going to talk about something called the tabernacle prayer, the tabernacle prayer. And so what I want to do is kind of walk you through, um, it's kind of a, it's, it's a guideline, or it's, just, it's a process that I saw in scriptures, I heard from probably from another preacher one time that has helped me a lot in my own prayer life, and it is not a system It's not a magic trick, but it's kind of a prayer outline. And so today I want to kind of give you a prayer outline based on something really cool in the Bible that you don't have to pray the whole thing all the time. It's not like you have to do A, do, 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 do to get it right. No, you can take a part of it, use a part of it, use some of it, uh, uh, you know, but but it's basically I'm going to try to give you an outline because sometimes I hear people say, well, I don't really know how to pray. I don't know what to say or what to do. And so maybe as we're trying to walk through this and you struggle a little bit with prayer or you have these seasons, you're like, well, I want to pray right away. I know. you to pull out your notes, look at this outline, and go, I'll do that one. So then we don't have any excuses, all right? So here's what we're going to do. So um, it's not the only way to pray. Prayer can just be a simple conversation with God in your car on the way to work, but this is a cool way that I'm going to give you, I think, where we can spend some time in prayer with the Lord. So the tabernacle prayer. You're going, what in the world is a tabernacle prayer? Well, we got to go way back. So way back, not in the beginning, but somewhere around the middle. You've got Moses. Moses goes to Egypt. The Israelites are enslaved in Egypt. Moses goes to Pharaoh, and he tells Pharaoh what? Let my people go. Let my people go, right? And so he says, let my people go. There's a bunch of stuff that happens, as we know. Eventually, they get set free. I'm moving really fast. It's a long story. We get, eventually, they get set free. They're traveling through the desert looking for the promised land. And as they're looking for the promised land, God comes to Moses, and he tells him this. He says, I want you to build a temple. I want you to build a tabernacle. And in that tabernacle, I'm going to come, and I'm going to dwell in the Holy of Holies. And in that tabernacle, you will be able to experience my presence Talk to me, be with me. 
And so here's, here's what he says. That was my paraphrase. Let me, here's what it is. Exodus 25, 8 and 9. He says, they are to make a sanctuary for me so that I might dwell among them. You must make it according to all that I show you, the pattern of the tabernacle, as well as the pattern of all of its furnishings. And so God is very specific with them about each part of the tabernacle, about how they're going to build it, how they're going to make it, because everything in there means something. Everything in the tabernacle is designed to draw our hearts and direct our hearts to God. So nothing inside the tabernacle is by accident. And so what they do, this is really cool. Tell me if you've heard this before. They they basically take this church building, they build it up, and because they're traveling through the desert, then they tear it down, bring it with them. Maybe they had a trailer. They bring it with them. For a little while, God stopped. They literally followed him in a cloud of smoke. He stopped, said, let's do this right here. They set up the tabernacle. They worshiped the Lord, tore it down, took it with them for a little while. A little while. Are you guys tracking with me a little bit here? You know where I'm going? We're like the tabernacle. As I was thinking about this week, I was like, this is so cool, man. Like, I know it's different, but in some ways, it's like an over 2,000-year-old tradition that we're kind of carrying along with us. We're a place of worship that gets set up once a month in the secular space, the school that we get to be a part of and hopefully bless. And once a week, we get to come and set this place up, and we get to worship Jesus, and we get to tear it all down. And I'm telling you, setting it up and breaking it down is an act of worship, too. Isn't that cool? And I would say this, we have so many awesome people that are part of what we call the dream team who make it happen every week. You guys give it up for the dream team. Come on, come on. Every single week, come in this space, love on your kids, serve you fantastic coffee, make sure you have a place to see, make sure we have screens that are working and music and might so that we can worship Jesus together. That's so cool to me. So we're, we're going to change our name to the River Tabernacle. All right. So they have this place called the Tabernacle. And here's a picture of it. Let's go ahead and show that picture. This is kind of what it looked like. Kind of simple, not too complicated, right? So you have, you see there's the entrance more this way. And then that big tent looking thing, that's the Holy of Holies. That's where God would kind of dwell. We call it the Holy of Holies. That's where God would dwell in the Ark. Remember Indiana Jones, Ark of the Covenant? Yeah, that's where he's at in there. Um, all right. So. As we kind of begin, what I want to do is I want to just kind of guide us through the tabernacle into the place where God dwelt, and we're just going to walk through a prayer. We're going to walk through a prayer. And so the first place right there where you see that kind of curtain, that's the, that's, that's the entrance, right? And as the way this was designed was that as people were entering into the tabernacle, right there into that entrance to what we call the outer court, it's the outer court because it's a courtyard and it's outside the Holy of Holies, Really good name, right? And so they walk in, and so they come in, and what the way the process was designed was that as you walked in, as you entered into the gates, what you were supposed to do is begin by setting your heart on thanksgiving and praise to God. As you walk in, as you enter into the outer court, you set your heart on thanksgiving and praise, recognizing before we did anything else how good God has been to them. How much application does that have for us today? 
there's some, that's what I'm talking about, right? And it has so much application for us because as we walk into this space, as we come into the, the river tabernacle, we should walk in here with thanksgiving and praise to Jesus. As we begin our prayers, as we start our prayer life, as we walk into the presence of Jesus, we should begin by setting our hearts with thanksgiving and praise on how good he has been to us. Because if you start there, man, you're talking about a good experience with the Lord. We walk in, God, thank you for my children. God, thank you for my wife, my husband, my house. Like, and you, as you do that, even as you're doing that, if you're having a bad day, if you're kind of frustrated, you're feeling a little jealous or envious, as you begin that, you begin by praise and thanksgiving to God for how good, how kind, how gracious he has been to you and your life. It begins, the, the nature of your heart, the, stat, the stature of your heart begins to change towards God. God, thank you for my church. Thank you for, for me, it can be something recent. God, thank you for a season in life where I got to spend a few weeks and just focus on you. Psalm 104, look at this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. As we pray, this is a fantastic place to start. So number one, if you're taking notes, begin with thanksgiving and praise. Begin with thanksgiving and praise. Secondly, as they begin to walk in, there is this thing called the brazen altar. Let's go ahead and show that. Yeah. Now, this looks like it was a cartoon, but it was a lot more serious than that. The brazen altar was something that if you saw it, you would never forget it because you smelt it before you saw it. Because on the brazen altar was burning animal flesh, was blood, was uh, smoke coming up into the sky, and the brazen altar was a place of ashes, blood, flesh, death. Doesn't that make you want to worship? You say, Mike, that sounds awful. It is awful. It was awful. It was a place where the Jewish people would sacrifice the blood of innocent animals. It was spilt on this altar as a sacrifice for the sins of the people against God. As you walk past it, it was a reminder of the price that had to be paid because of our sin. And maybe more importantly, it was a reminder that in order for us to go to God, Something had to die. You say, well, Mike, that's, that's pretty serious. It's because the payment and the consequences of sin is death. You say, why couldn't God just let that go, Mike? Why did, why did he have to, something have to die? Why have to, have to, you say, well, here's what I'll tell you. God kind of did let it go. And here's what I mean by that. He let it go from you to him. And he took that on him, and he paid the price for our sin. He put that on him. And so every time they walked into the tabernacle, they would walk past it, and they would be reminded of the cost of sin. And today, we don't, you see any brazen altars in here? We need to, in our prayer life, remember this. The cost of our sin 
the price that it cost us to go to God. And you say, why is that so important? Why, why do we focus on the negative? I'm not focusing on the negative. What I'm saying is as we humble ourselves before Jesus, we remember the price that was paid. We remember the cost that it took to go to God. What that does is that makes our heart worship. <laughs> because what we do is we look at our Savior and we go, thank you, Jesus. Because he's a good, good Good God. <laughs> you guys are kidding it. He's a good God. And now because of the cross, we have life, we have hope, we have freedom in Jesus. And today, even cooler than that, well, those are pretty cool, but amazingly, now we can approach the throne of God boldly because of what he's done for us. And so in our prayer, we need a time where we remember the only reason I can even do this is because of what you did for me 2,000 years ago. So remember the cross of Christ. If you're taking notes, remember the cross. Remember the cost. Thank him for it. Romans 5, 6 says, While we were still helpless at the appointed time, Christ died for the ungodly. The next thing that you would see as you walked into the, the, the tabernacle was called the laver. Looked like that. And that's, that's a lot, I mean, it looks kind of small. It was huge. It was really big. And, and what it was was it was this bowl where people would go and they would wash themselves. They wouldn't get in it, but they would wash themselves off before they entered into the, the presence of the Lord. And, and what was really interesting about this is that as you were leaning over washing yourself, at the bottom of it was this mirror. And so you know what you saw as you were in there washing yourself? Yourself. And what it represented was you looking at yourself, seeing your unworthiness, seeing the things that, um, the shame, seeing the, all the things that made you unworthy to walk into that space. And the idea is a cleansing of yourself. And let me, let's not twist this up. It wasn't you cleansing yourself to go before God. It was symbolic of the cleansing power of God and you. As we pray, we need to ask Jesus to clean us up a little bit. And, and I don't mean like, I don't mean like God make me worthy before I can go before so I can go before you but what I mean is God make me like you God these places in me that are broken these places in me that are messed up these places in me that that don't look like you Jesus make me like you Number three, ask God to make your life like Jesus. It's, it's, it's worship. Check this out. Romans 12, 1. Therefore, brothers, by mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And so in your prayer life, man, Jesus, make me, make me like you. Here's, here's kind of how I do it sometimes. I've shared this with you before, but it's a cleansing from head to toe, right? So start out, God, this today, I pray that you take my mind and you help my mind to focus on things that are good. I ask you that you help me to think on things that are holy, think on things that are pure, think good thoughts, encouraging thoughts. God, I pray that you take my eyes, especially for us men, God, take my eyes and help them not to look lustfully on a woman, but help me to look on things that are pure and good and lovely, to see the best in other people, God. God, I pray that you take my mouth 
Can I get an amen? God, take my mouth, my mouth. Purify the words that come out of my mouth today, Jesus. Help them to be words that build up people around me. Help them to be words that encourage people around me. God, help my mouth not to gossip. (laughs) Help my mouth not to speak slander, but to think what is good, holy, pure, to lift up others, to encourage others, to lead them to you, Jesus. God, take my hands and help my, the work of my hands to be good work, hard work, selfless work, Jesus. God, take the, the feet, my feet, and help me to follow your direction. Help me to follow your path. Help me to follow where you're taking me today. That's what I'm talking about. Not a cleaning up, God, let me clean me up so that you'll love me. No, but Jesus, transform me from the inside out. Let me look like you. Let me look like you. And after this kind of cleansing, they would step into the tent, that tent area that we saw. And in there, there was four pieces of furniture. One of those pieces of furniture was a candlestick. Yeah, that tent, let's go that. That's good, the candlestick. I can't help with, like, candlestick always makes me think of the game Clue for some reason. I don't know why. (laughs) Nobody ever does it with a candlestick. The candlestick... This is one of my favorite ones. The candlestick represents the Holy Spirit. It represents fire. It represents power. It represents anointing. And as you pray in your prayer life, you need to pray for that as well. For anointing, for power, for the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit to transform you, yes, but the Holy Spirit to use you. See, there's something interesting that we see in the scriptures over and over. It talks about how God, the Holy Spirit specifically, gives you spiritual gifts. It gives you abilities, talents, and these things that the Holy Spirit gifts you with, that, he, that give, they give you, are to be used, the idea is that they would be used for the unity of the church, that they would be used for the building up of the church, and by building up of the church, I mean to impact people's lives that as God is working in people's lives, that you would be one of those tools that God takes and uses to help transform shape and change somebody's life. And so in your prayers, I, and you say, Mike, I ain't got nothing. Baloney. The Holy Spirit has gifted you. And in that, you need to pray for anointing power, fire, that the Spirit would enable you, embolden you, and use your life to make a difference. There's a guy I used to know, um, awesome guy, um, and he would tell me every day, he said, every day I wake up and my prayer is, Holy Spirit, bring somebody into my life that I can affect. Bring somebody into my life. And, and because he prays that prayer, he's looking for it, right? So maybe if we pray that prayer, then maybe when God brings somebody across us, we're going, there's an opportunity. There's an, there's an opportunity. So ask the Holy Spirit to make you bold, to use your life. Another piece of furniture that we saw in there was the altar of incense. This is really cool. Okay, this is really cool. The altar of incense is a place where they would take the hot coals. Remember that other nasty altar we talked about? They would take the coals off of that altar, bring them inside the tent to the area where God dwelt, and they would put those coals on this altar of incense, and they would burn incense on it. And so as you walked in, instead of the smell of the charred animal flesh that represented the death of sin and damnation, all those awful things, right? As you walked in, you smelled this incredible aroma of incense and beauty. (laughs) 
Isn't that cool? And you know what the Bible says is the sweetest smelling aroma to our Lord God? The worship of his people. And this represents really the transformation from the outside to the inside, but it also represents worship. And I know you're probably thinking, Mike, we already talked about worship. No, we talked about praise. And praise is very different than worship. Praise is very different from worship. Here's, right, I'd encourage you to write this down. We praise God for what he's done. We praise God for what he's done. We worship God for who he is. Those are very different ideas. We praise God for dying on the cross. We worship him because he's the kind of God who at his nature would die on the cross. You see the difference? It's like me going to Katie and going, Katie, I love you because you're beautiful. I love you because you gave me three kids. I love you because you made my house a home. I love you because I couldn't live with that. I love you for all these reasons, all these reasons, all these reasons. Right? That's praising her. I'm not going to worship her, but the difference would be I love you because of who you are. I love you because of your kind heart. I love you <laughs> because of your smile. I love you because I just love you. Those are very different ideas, right? And so sometimes what happens, there's praise and worship. And if we only praise, then all we're focusing on is what God's done for me, what God's done for me, what God's done for me. It is right and good to, to praise God for what he's done for you. But if we don't worship him for who he is, then all it is is what he's done for me, right? And so we want to worship God for who he is, and that is bowing down before him, saying, God, you are the king of kings. You are the almighty. You are the sustainer, God. You are the Lord of lords, God. I worship you simply because of who you are. In our praise, there needs to be some time for that. Psalm 95, 6 and 7 says this, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before our Lord and maker, for he is God. No other reason. Why? Why does it say to worship him? For he is God. <laughs> That's why. And we are his people, the sheep under his care. We worship God, if you're taking notes, number five. We worship God for who he is. You say, well, Mike, I don't, I don't know how to pray. Or maybe you came in here feeling like, I don't know how to, a good prayer. Well, here's a good, that was a pretty good prayer outline, don't you think? Enter into your prayer life with thanksgiving and praise. Remember, it's only by the cross. Take a look at yourself. Ask God to purify us. Ask the Holy Spirit to work in us. Worship God, not just for what he's done, but for who he is. And then finally, we get to the very back of the tabernacle, to the Ark of the Covenant. Looks kind of like Indiana Jones, right? What's interesting about the Ark of the Covenant is this is the place. This, this is the place where the Spirit, the presence of God would dwell. And there was only certain people who were allowed to come in. There was only certain people who were allowed to be in there. Really, Moses, later priests. You see Joshua gets to go in there some. And what's interesting is what you see in scriptures is when Moses would come into this space, when he would come near the Ark of the Covenant, what he would do is he would intercede for Israel. He would pray and talk to God on behalf of Israel. He would pray for their community. He would pray for families. He would pray for friends, for needs. He would ask God for direction here in this space. He would ask God to guide him. He would ask for God's blessings. He would even wrestle with God in this space. You know that there's times where he's Moses is arguing with God in this space. He's asking God questions. 
This is the space where he would just simply talk to God about whatever's going on. And I would say for us as Christians, this is the space where we come in and we intercede for family and friends. It's a space where we talk to God, where we ask God questions. This is the space where I pray for you. In the presence of God, number six, in the presence of God, share your heart, your needs, your questions. How do I pray? How do I talk to God? That's a really good spot. And there's something cool that happens because I want to challenge you this week to try praying in this way. These six things that we talked about, try, just try it out this week, today, this month. Try these things out and, and see if God might just meet you there, wherever you're at. See if he might talk to you there, wherever you're at. And there's this really cool verse in Exodus 33, 11. I, I love this. After all of these things go on, it says here, it says, then the Lord spoke with Moses face to face just as a man with his friend, and then Moses would return to his camp. But, usually when there's a but in scriptures, you got to get nervous. Not here. But, his assistant, the young man Joshua, son of Nun, would not leave inside the tent. I love that. Let me read this. One more time. The Lord spoke with Moses face to face just as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses returned to the camp. But his assistant, the young man, Joshua, son of Nun, would not leave inside the tent. You know why he wouldn't leave? Because God was there. (laughs) And Joshua's going, man, if God is here, there ain't nowhere else I want to be. If God is in this place, there ain't nowhere else I want to go. If God is in this moment, nothing else matters. And my hope is that this week or today, as you pray and you maybe you walk through this outline, maybe you don't, I don't know, do it, do what God's guiding you to do, right? But my prayer is that you would get in the presence of God and maybe you're praising him and then you're thinking about the cross and you're asking him to cleanse you and you're, you're focusing on the Holy Spirit and you're going, man, I need, I need you to cleanse me. I, need to, I want to worship you this morning. But that somewhere along that, maybe you're praying for family and friends and needs, but somewhere along there, you're not checking the watch anymore and it's because you've entered into somewhere along this line, the presence of God. And as you sit there and you're praying and you're speaking to the Lord and you're feeling him, you're going, man, you just have this realization, I can't leave this, man. I don't want to go anywhere else. And as you're sitting there, you just feel like you just came home, man. Because the truth is that you are home in that moment. I told you there's four pieces of furniture in there. I left out one. It's called the showbread, the table of showbread. And it's really cool because ultimately what it represents is the word of God and the promise of the coming bread of life. And that bread of life was Jesus. And like I said, what's interesting is through this whole tabernacle experience, the tabernacle prayer, is that in this time in history, there's only certain people who can come into the presence of God, right? Moses, Joshua, some rabbis, it changes up, but really only certain people are allowed in that area where God dwelled. But now, because of the coming of the bread of life, we all can come and we all can enter in. And so this morning, we're going to do something a little bit different. Oftentimes we stand and we worship and we sing and then we go home. This morning, we're going to have a time of prayer. 
We're gonna have a time of prayer and we're gonna actually set up communion right here, which represents the bread of life, Jesus, the cross. And so we're gonna put up, go ahead and put those up, Amanda. We're gonna have these six things that we just talked about. And I would encourage you that at your seat, as you're sitting, there's gonna be music going and stuff and, and the band's gonna play, but don't focus on them. Maybe you can worship, but don't focus on them. Spend some time praying. And you can walk through this list. You can start at six, four, three, two, five, wherever you want to do. But at some point, hit that. Remember the cross. And I would encourage you, if you would like to, come down, grab that communion, take it back to your chair, and just spend some time worshiping Jesus. Take communion. But let's just have a time of prayer. If we're going to preach on prayer for a month, maybe we should pray. Maybe we should pray. And so I'm going to pray. The band's going to come. They're going to play some music. But you just do you, right? You just spend some time worshiping Jesus. Well, I said worshiping, but praying to Jesus. All right, God, I love you. Thank you for who you are. God, thank you for the cool tabernacle outline. God, thank you for um, the fact that we can come to you in prayer. God, I pray that whoever in this space would commit this time and this month to focus on you, to focus their hearts on prayer. God, I pray that you would bless that. I pray that you would reveal yourself to them in this time, God. That they would experience you, Jesus. And I pray even now as we take communion in this place, God. As we pray in this place, God, I pray that you would meet us here. And hey, we're supposed to be out by 1230, but uh, maybe we don't want to leave. Because the presence of God is in this place. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we worship you, God. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.